0: Blue wire.
1: With the seventh pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the Detroit Lions select Penay Sewell, tackle,
0: Oregon. Oh, he's gonna run it straight in. Jared, go! Yes! Jump yes. down, Detroit Lions! DJ Hawkinson, yes. they did it, they tied it,
2: they're an extra point away from winning this game, oh baby, how big is that? Yo, what is going on guys, welcome back to the Pride Podcast, episode 232 on the Blue Wire Network, I am your host Tyler, joined with my two guys, as always, Mr. Malcolm Hart and Pierre, hi right, boys. Doing today on this what is today Monday night? Which I don't know when you guys will be listening to this, but it's Monday night as you guys as we're recording this. How you boys doing?
1: I'm doing well, man. Malcolm, how are you, bro?
3: Woo, man! I'm I'm good, man. You're older. I'm I'm, I'm happy, happy. happy Oh yeah, happy Happy birthday! (laughs) Hey, man. Yeah, man. man. I I heard you guys um on the last episode on the the live show. Um, so I appreciate that, man. I I really appreciate that, man. Yeah, man. I'm doing good, man.
1: Get your job Dad back what?
3: my job back
1: yeah right here I mean, we were yeah we the... hired we we decided to hire you again because you know like
3: oh, shit. okay thank you guys yeah, I you're guess. Back,
2: we, so, we were uh... we were searching though but there wasn't really money other people qualified to yeah we had some over. interviews yeah, with, yeah like, interviews. they said
1: they couldn't edit they said they couldn't edit and stuff so like yeah <laughs> so, I mean... they also they also wanted more than what you we were like nah we're not gonna do yeah. that we'll stick with malcolm <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so you are back
2: unanimously. Woo! <laughs> so if that makes you feel good. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Uh In today's it, episode, it, did, you, did you mean like by default? Is that, is that what you mean? God damn it! I, I didn't want to say by,
1: it. Default, Let, I'm let's back just, by default. Let's no, just Whoop. say let's just say that we're, we're happy to have you back.
2: <laughs> happy birthday, Malcolm. <laughs> Sir. All right. In today's episode, we're gonna cover wide receivers and tight ends. That could interest the Lions in this offseason free agency market, I should say. Uh, Last week, we did safeties and cornerbacks that interest us in this free agency market. And like I said, we're going to try to go through essentially almost every position because the Lions essentially need almost every position. There's going to be like some position we probably won't cover like running backs because there's probably just no need to do that. But uh, everything else is pretty much on the table and we're probably going to cover it. So in this episode, we're going to cover wide receivers and tight ends. We're going to each name one guy. In each position group that we think that could be a potential fit for the Lions. And we'll go from there and we'll see what we're interested with, you know, other opinions. And you know, maybe we'll bring up some other names too, because there's a lot of receivers in this friendship market that I think could intrigue the Lions. But starting with that, I'm gonna kick it off to you, Peter. Let's start off with the wide receivers because it's obviously a very big position for the Lions that they need to address this offseason. You got on Ross and Brown, he's locked up, you don't have to worry about that. Yep. But after that, a lot of question marks. You got Quintez Sif still under contract. He missed the majority of the year. After that, Josh Reynolds is a free agent. Khalif Raymond's a free agent. So there's a lot of question marks of who's going to be starting at this wide receiver position at the Lions. You know you got a Ross St. Brown. So who are you going out right now in the free agency market and
1: complimenting a Ross St. Brown with? So this is more like a maybe like a wide receiver two, not wide receiver one. And it's Cedric Wilson from the Cowboys. He broke out this year. Uh, Gallup was injured and they had some other injuries I believe Amari Cooper missed some time. So Cedric Wilson he's 6'2" 197 ran a 448. Uh this year he had 45 catches for 602 yards, 6 touchdowns. And this is what actually impressed me when targeted, uh pass rating when targeted 130.6. So he's reliable. Um he has some speed, good size, 6'2" Perfect fit for the Lions offense. It's kind of what they need. They need like a little bigger receiver, faster receiver, and he's that. That's
2: a good one. And the Cowboys had a lot of receivers. Obviously, you mentioned Michael Gallup, and they had CeeDee Lamb, and they had Amari Cooper. And then it, it was questioned: Were you really going to fit a guy like Cedric Wilson in this offense? And then, like you mentioned, Michael Gallup does get hurt, opens up a role for Cedric Wilson. And like you said, he had a really productive year. And I think that could open some eyes – for teams in the NFL, and that could be one of them with the Detroit Lions. Maybe looking at Cedric Wilson as a potential starter. So I'm just curious, Pierre, what's your market value for a guy like Cedric Wilson? What are you willing to pay for him? How many years are you willing to give to him? So I did
1: research on him. Um, PFF has him like around at six point two five million, and Spotrek has him about at six point four million a year. Uh, I believe one of them was a two year deal, one of them was a three year, so something like that, like a two to three year deal between six and seven million. I think that's fair and when you're bringing a guy like cedric wilson are you
2: expecting him to be a starter or are you expecting him to be kind of like a fourth receiver
1: like well if i'm giving someone six to seven million i'm expecting him to be a starter okay
2: okay yeah and you're still going in the draft and probably getting a
1: guy and maybe even two guys
2: probably right
1: yeah and i'd probably also look back to bring back josh reynolds too he shouldn't cost that much
2: okay i mean that's gonna be interesting because Will you have too many guys, and obviously you want to bring in competition receiving core, but guys like Josh Reynolds, guys like Cedric Wilson, you're not getting these guys probably at deals where it's training camp deals where there's camp bodies. Like If you're getting these guys, you're getting them guaranteed money. So my question is, you have on Ross St. Brown, that's a lock. You're getting Quintez Cephas back that's going to definitely compete nowhere near a lock to, to win a wide receiver job. And then it comes in the question how many free agents do you really want to go out there and get? Khalif Raymond, I think, is another name that the Lions could be interested in bringing back as well. So, I mean, we'll see that there's a lot of names that the Lions could shuffle through. And I want to see if how much guaranteed money they invest into this wide receiver position. Are they going to go out and get more guys that are maybe a little unproven or looking for more of an opportunity just to make a team and kind of go with the training camp deals or are they going to go with some guaranteed contracts because you go with Cedric
1: you give him a guaranteed contract. I think you have to go, I think they tried that last year and the the states, there are stage two of their rebuild. I think it's enough of that going after guys who have to like prove it or whatever. Yeah. Maybe you go after like a prove a guy, but someone who's kind of he's good though. Like the guys they brung last year, they were kind of like up and down in their career. Um, For example, like I don't know who's a guy that was heard to take a chance on. Maybe like, well, I don't want to spoil it because someone's gonna say it later in the show. Um, uh, but Reynolds though, Reynolds is not gonna cost much. Work. I think Reynolds maybe like two million, two and a half. Yeah, no, he's definitely not. Probably a, a one-year deal. So I don't, I wouldn't. I, maybe like a million will be guaranteed or something like that. And, and I'm the not thing too with about
2: that, and the thing with a guy like Josh Reynolds too when you're bringing him in, you could put him in multiple different roles. He doesn't have to necessarily be a starter for you. I mean, you could have him in a role where if an injury happens, he could start for you, or you could have some packages for Josh Reynolds or whatever. But it's going to be interesting because he came to Detroit and left Tennessee because he felt like he wasn't getting a fair shot in Tennessee. And he right. felt like he was kind of buried in that depth chart. So I wonder if Detroit has, you know, goes out and spends money in this receiving court and they go out and draft some guys. Will Reynolds want to be in that situation again? I don't know.
1: Well, um, you have to earn it. You have to earn it. So they could could have some training camp battles with some rookies, some free agents, some guys already on this roster. Like Trini Benson, for example, he's probably looking to prove people wrong. Quintus Cephas wants to bounce back. So they have some hungry guys, but they also need to bring in some fresh new blood and just try to push those guys out or those guys got to try to stay in. We'll see what happens.
3: Yeah, it's gonna be that'll be that's, that'll be interesting if, if they go that route. Especially they bring back a a Josh Reynolds and they bring him back with all that competition. How's he gonna react? Yeah, that that that'll probably be the main thing. Like Tyler was saying, now if they could bring him back at, at like on a friendly deal, that if you cut him, if he doesn't you know prove himself to be better than these guys, you can cut him at the end of the preseason.
1: That's possible too.
2: Yeah. yeah, yeah,
3: That, that, that works too.
2: Um, Josh was good for this team. I mean, when, when they brought him in and he kind of adjusted to the offense, it was obviously a comfort for Jared Goff. I mean, Jared Goff was obviously used to him in Los Angeles when they were together. And then he kind of came to Detroit took like a week to kind of get adjusted to Detroit and him and Jared really got it going. And Jared, was really comfortable with him. And they brought back that connection they kind of had back in Los Angeles. And Josh really was a nice compliment to him on Ross and Brown. So could we say he almost proved it like that? He could get a starting job if you bring him back. Prove it we're here. Like he's proved it like he could be a starter
1: here. Started um, here. Yes. I mean, he like, he, he was a starter, but you always want to bring in competition. Like, you want to have good receivers, bro. You don't want to have, like, wide receiver threes, wide receiver four start. Bro. Because I think Josh Reynolds ideally is a wide receiver three or wide receiver four. I don't yeah. think he's a two in this league. Um, and he proved that in Tennessee. When he went to go be there, too, they traded for Julio, and then he kind of fell out of the rotation there. And then he came here, and he, he like, he excelled because, first of all, Detroit didn't really have another deep threat. He was, like, the only it's guy true. they had. That's true. And also, it helps when your quarterback knows you, too. So that's also true. Yeah. No, I mm-hmm. mean,
2: I'm I'm definitely in the camp where I think you could definitely upgrade from Josh Reynolds, but I feel like he's only coming back to Detroit if he knows that he could win that job. And
1: uh, he's they, not going to get nothing handed to him here. I'll tell you no, that. No,
2: and, and there's nothing. He should. No one should be getting handed a job right now, and especially what he's going to be making. You're not going to be getting handed a job. But it's going to be interesting because I think the Lions are in position with all these draft picks that they could go out and get one or two guys, and I think they can get one guy relatively early in the draft and maybe even as early as the first round so i mean it's gonna be interesting for agencies before the draft so he doesn't necessarily have to d- decide before the draft but it's gonna be interesting to see what he ends up choosing because i can see a team you know kind of like the lions last year where they need a guy that who could start maybe not going to cost the bank and he gets more of a guaranteed starting spot than I think Detroit is. I don't know if Detroit's maybe the destination that he needs right now. I think he could have just used Detroit last year as a spot where to build his resume almost. Yeah.
3: Yeah. But I don't even like, even just this is not going to happen because Detroit's definitely going to upgrade that position. But 100%. even if they did not upgrade that position, I don't see him starting over to Quentin Cephas. I think Quentin Cephas is a better receiver. Than Josh Reynolds,
1: and that's, um, just, that's just me. I don't know about that yet. I I think I, I think both I think of them have is, a lot to prove.
3: They they definitely do, but I think the upside of Cephas is more than Josh. Like oh, Josh yeah. Reynolds. Yeah. I think Josh. This is what Josh Reynolds is. You know, yeah. he, he, this is what he is. But Cephas, I think there's a whole nother level to Cephas, we'll and see. we saw that earlier before he got hurt. We saw a lot. Of, we saw we saw Quentin Cephas do some good things, um, with Jared Goff playing really bad and the whole offense playing really bad. And if yeah. he was there when the offense was playing really good, I think would have been saying, "Wow, look at Quintus Cephas. you know? So I think he would have he I, like for me, I think he's better. And he has a higher upside than 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 Josh Reynolds.
2: I would agree with that. I would agree with that I think Cephas definitely has a higher ceiling to be more of a valuable guy going forward for this team. But we'll see. I I, I want to see what they end up doing with Josh Reynolds. I wouldn't be shocked either way if he comes back or he goes a different direction, and maybe goes to a team where he gets more of a, a guarantee. I could say where, wow. not a guarantee, but like he gets more of an opportunity to start. I think the Lions can Dude. really upgrade and like take this whole
1: Tyler. Right when you say like opportunity to start, I feel like his best opportunity would be here. Why is that? But because the Lions just have the worst receiving quarters in the NFL. They like do right the now, league.
3: but right now they do. I know, they-
1: but like. If he goes sign somewhere else, no one's gonna give him like a no one's gonna give him a better chance in Detroit, in my opinion. Like he has to earn it, but he has a better chance here than anywhere if else.
2: If, okay, goes to Houston. Who does Houston have? Nico Collins. They don't have uh, anybody else. They have Brandon Cooks. They have Brandon Cooks. Yeah. Um. Who else? Like I think there's some team. I think Detroit. Nico is Collins. Gonna, yeah, I said <laughs> that's Nico Collins. It. Yeah. yeah, that's it. Uh, yeah, Danny Amendola.
1: I think he's oh, that. he's
2: he's gonna retire. But Detroit is. I think they're going to revamp this whole wide receiver position, and mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to be the same thing as last year at all. No, so. I'm with
1: you, but I, I still think you try to bring him back. And I think it's going to be cheap. I don't like maybe the guarantee is only like a million. So if you cut him, it's a million on death. Yeah, man, it's not it, a big it, deal. That's it, possible.
3: I think his honest, honestly, his competition is not going to be the start. If if we realistically if we bring him back, his competition is not the start. His competition is can I keep can I keep a roster spot, and it's going to be with Quentin Cephas. So there is going to be a battle between those two guys. Who's going to make the goddamn
2: team? And does he want to do that? Because last year in Tennessee, he obviously that was a good team. That was number one seed at the time. The AFC ended up being the number one seed in the playoffs, and it looked like winning didn't really matter to him. He wanted an opportunity, and he wanted his time to shine. And at that time, Detroit was that team where yes, they were very bad receiving core, and they needed somebody, and there was a connection with Jared Goff. But you know, I, I, I think. He could maybe value that somewhere else. And I think there's going to be other teams that are going to be kind of like maybe not as bad as the choice receiving court last year, but in situations like that almost.
3: Like 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 Pierre in your scenario, you know, you have the the Lions grabbing Cedric Wilson. Okay. So mm-hmm. now you look, look at it this way. Say they do pick up Cedric Wilson and they already have a Montrose Brown. They draft a guy, maybe second and the first round, second round, third round, whatever they draft a guy, they draft a receiver. Where do you, where do we, where do realistically see a spot for, a Josh Reynolds? Like as far as competition,
1: I mean, I don't know. It's competition.
3: Competition. I mean, yeah.
1: I mean, you got Tony Benson there. They'll bring in, like, some other guys in, too. I don't think they're going to just do like how they did it this year. I think they're going to bring in some solid depth guys. I do,
2: too. Yeah, I, I do, too. I absolutely. think they're going to
1: bring in some rookies, too. And I think they're also going to bring in potentially a starter. I think they're going to, like, overhaul the receiver room this offseason. They have to. They, yeah, yeah, they have to because nah.
3: it was a, it was an absolute disaster. It
1: was. Yeah. De- I could also see them if they do this, like, maybe just sign one and then draft two or three of them and bring in a couple undrafted guys in, right? I could see them do that, too.
3: Before before I go into my pick and just really quickly, Khalif Raymond, do you guys see him ever, like? I was just gonna player?
2: say that. I I would be more intrigued to bringing Khalif Raymond back than I think I would Josh Reynolds because he brings the special teams aspect to I me. Mean, yeah, I thought I
3: was, I was gonna bring that up,
2: and and I, and I like the gadget use of Khalif Raymond that we could use him in more than I kind of like Josh Reynolds. I think we could replace Josh Reynolds honestly. I think Khalif so, Raymond yeah. you could replace him, but I think he's more valuable to your team than Reynolds is. He he
3: is. Uh, The only way I'll be okay with us letting letting him walk completely is if they have a backup plan. Like, Mm -hmm. all right, there's another Khalif Raymond out there that we could just easily pick up, and he'll come in and do the same exact thing.
1: There is two in the draft that I like: It's Calvin Austin and uh, Wendell Robinson. Yeah, both fun.
3: Yeah, they they could bring in another speedy guy, young speedy guy that could do the same thing. The speedy guy, I'm down with that. Get some guy, another guy.
1: I don't know if Chris Olave could return punts, but he's, like, speedy, shifty guy. I don't know if you want to it's do that. It's probably not bring, ideal. If
2: you're bringing Olave, you want him to be one of you your, want one receiver, your starting yeah. three receivers. It's kind of like the Golden Tate thing. Like, he could return as a really good returner,
1: but you don't want that happening. Same with uh, Jahan Dotson. I read, like, he's predicting, like, in the four threes, and he's predicted to go in, like, that late one, early two where Detroit picks. the kid out of Penn State. So, same with him too. Um, he's fast, but I don't know if it's ideal to put him back to return. Okay. I,
2: I just think Khalif Raymond offers me more utility where I can use him in a lot more different roles than I could Josh Reynolds. And I think that we could upgrade from Josh Reynolds like definitely. So, I would be more up intrigued to bring Raymond back than I would to bring Reynolds. Yeah, I don't think Olave even returned punts. So Josh, Josh Reynolds
3: would sure. be okay if he goes like Miami or something. Miami could use a Josh Reynolds. I'm saying
2: I, I just think there's going to be an opportunity for Josh that's going to be better than Detroit, where he's going to have Miami a better 100%. shot to start. Miami Houston, 100%. yeah, Miami. I, I just think there's better jobs out there for Josh that he can maybe get a better opportunity to start than it would be in Detroit.
3: I mean, he showed that he could play on the outside. He could that's be a solid, a
2: solid option. That's what I'm saying. So I think a team that like just needs a receiver kind of like what Detroit needed last year, I think he could fill that void.
1: It's possible, we'll see what happens.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform
2: But Malcolm, All who right. do you got? Who's the receiver you like out there?
3: Alright, so I mean I'm going on a guy who I am not going to give up on. Yep, I'm saying it this way. Yep, he got hurt and I am not giving up on him. I, this is going to be Michael Gallup. I think Michael Gallup, he tore his ACL in January. I was reading up on it. They're saying it's more like a 9 to... They said 9 to 10 month um, recovery and then after that he got a rehab. So... He may be rehabbing around September. So he. he I think if you bring in a uh, Michael Gallup, he's probably going to miss all the camp. He going to miss the OTAs. He's cool. going to miss all that stuff. And you're probably not going to get him back on the field to probably, probably week three or four, maybe five.
1: So why don't you just put him on pup? I believe that's six weeks. In week yeah. seven, he could be back, I think.
3: Yeah, ex- exactly. So it'll be a situation like that. So uh, I still think that, you know, you bring him in, and once he recovers, he can still be – he could still be a really, really good player for you. So for Detroit, if you brought him in, man, with Mon rossi Brown, I think he'll probably instantly be your number one receiver.
2: All right. So, what's your market value for Michael Gallup, and how many years you want to give him?
3: Right now, I think you know Sports Track has him at eleven. Okay. Now, I'm not sure if that's pre-injury or before, but um,
2: I think that you could get him cheaper now.
3: Yeah, I think you get him cheaper with his ACL with the ACL injury, but I. Th- if we get him, if we get them cheaper, that'd be like a discount, man.
2: So my question with the Gallup is, I think I agree with you. He's a very talented receiver. I think he's a guy who could definitely start. And I mention all the time with ACL injuries. I'm not really concerned with ACL injuries too much in today's generation because we have so much technology and these guys recover pretty well to ACLs and. Even a guy yeah. like Cam Akers, man, he come off a, a ruptured Achilles, and look how he looked. He looked really healthy. He looked good. So it's making me even more optimistic now. Could Achilles maybe be the next ACL? Because ACL used to be like, it's over. Probably not. Piers giving me the no. Hell no. I agree. But I think a guy like Cam Akers gives you optimism of maybe they have more technology in the Achilles now, and maybe that could be. But with Michael Gallup, going back to the ACL, there's not too much concern. It's just the time recovery. You have to recover with that ACL, obviously and obviously you mentioned the time that you're going to miss but i wonder now is gallup going to maybe take a one-year deal and kind of prove himself and then get that big payday in 23 or does he take a little less now but get more years i that's going to be a question that he has so, to dangle
1: i've actually been doing a lot of research on gallup because i mean i wanted him before he got hurt unfortunately yeah, i know and multiple teams wanted him to um so PFF, I think I read like one year five million projection, and but Spotrek, I think, was like around 12 or something, 11.8. 11. 11. It was eleven. Eleven. Okay. So they projected like I think it was like a multi-year deal too, right?
3: Yeah, it was eleven million a year. Really okay. Four years, four years, 47.
1: Yeah, so a little okay. Yeah. So I think he'll get more than that. If he if he signs a long-term deal, I think he's probably with like 13 or 14. But yeah. if it's a prove-it deal, maybe like Juju signed last year one-year email, something like that. So I could see that. Yeah, I
2: could definitely see that with Gallup. I wouldn't be
1: shocked if he just does a one-year prove-it deal, proves that he's worth that
2: contract, and then maybe gets that paid in 23. I wouldn't be shocked with that at all, especially with coming off two injuries throughout that year because he came back from one injury, and then uh, got hurt late in the season. I think it was versus Arizona, and then that was two injuries for Gallup, and it sucked because he's in the open market this year for him, but – yeah, we'll see we'll see what ends up happening with Michael Gallup. I think that's a good one though for the Lions for sure. Yeah, man. I, I think that'll be a great,
3: great fit, man. I think he'll be able to help this team out, especially they bring him in and then they draft a guy. So we'll have we we'll have three solid receivers.
2: And Gallup's younger, if I'm not mistaken. You know how old he is on the top of your head? I'll look it up fast if you don't know. But um he is 25. He's 25, yeah. I'd say he's not that I um, he's been in the league for that long. So that could, you know, that that's another young guy you could add to your core for sure. And if especially if you draft the guy, you have two guys on rookie contracts. I mean, you're looking at not spending too much money that are receiving core and getting good production potentially. So that's that's exciting for sure.
1: Yeah, absolutely. He's a he's a fun player, man. When he's healthy, he's really good. Yeah.
2: Yep. All right. A player I want to talk about, I think, is an absolute stud. And I think he'll probably command more money than both the guys that we mentioned, Gallup and Cedric Wilson, which is surprisingly enough that you guys, ironically, I should say, that you guys both mentioned Cowboy players. And Cedric Wilson was the guy that kind of took over from Michael Gallup when he got hurt. Yeah, but, he was. Uh, the guy I'm going with is from the AFC South, and that is DJ Chark. He's also coming off an ankle injury, and he missed all the, all the year after week five or week six when they played Cincinnati on Thursday Night Football. I think Chark's an absolute stud. I think this guy has all the tools to be a wide receiver. One and again, with Chark, kind of what I just mentioned with the Gallup, it's gonna be interesting to see if he's gonna take a one year prove it deal to kind of prove that he's worth the big payday. Because I think Chark legitimately has all the potential to be worth 19 million, 18 million dollars as a receiver. I think he has those tools. Do I think he gets that in this offseason? I don't because he's coming off here. I think he has the potential to be that guy. I don't think he gets that this offseason. I'm not saying you give him that off. I don't
1: option. even think. I got to be honest. i because he hasn't shown it in this league. He's been hurt a lot. I don't even think he has a potential to get um, 19 a year. Is, a
3: Did he have like a thousand yard receiving yards yeah, like thousand, a couple thousand,
2: years ago? He's okay. He only missed four games last, three games last year. Played all. Last uh, the year before made the Pro Bowl had a thousand yards and then the year before that was his rookie year he's only twenty five years old and, and, and
3: who throwing the ball when he was a quarterback Gardner Minshew
2: Gardner Minshew yeah
1: and
3: last year
1: wait last year he had like only one hundred fifty four yards he got hurt and then the year before he had seven hundred six his best year was his second year yeah but he yeah. is a deep threat he's a deep threat so and he's six and he got four four
3: three speed and he yeah. got to factor in you got to factor in who the hell's throwing him the goddamn ball. Right. I, think that's a, I think that's a huge factor.
1: I think he's a I stud. Think, I think we actually talked about him in our last offseason, too, episode wide receiver episode. It
2: wasn't available. It wasn't a rookie deal.
1: Oh, I'm thinking of his team there. I'm thinking of D.D. Westbrook. My yeah, bad. so he
2: was not – no, D.J. Yeah. Tark is a stud. This guy's a legitimate wide receiver, won this league. I think he, he has he all is. the I think he has all the tools to be a high-paid receiver. He's not going to get this offseason because he's coming off the injury and, like you kind of mentioned, doesn't have the, the statistic to really back it up, but – is he a guy who deserves it? I think he could get that payday. But if I'm Detroit, I look to lock him up right now. I looked in this offseason. I try to get him on a two-three-year deal right now, get him around that $13, $12 million range, and I think he could be a stud for you. I think he's a legitimate outside threat, complemented with Amon and Brown, and complemented with a free agent, I mean, a, a draft pick wide receiver with them. This is a really, really good receiving court at a
1: very good cost. Yeah, like Olave or Dodson or who else? Maybe Kristen Watson. That'd be fun. I think Chark's a beast, man.
3: Yeah, I, yeah. I, I do too. I, I do too.
1: I have always liked Chark. Yeah. I thought he was hurt more often, but I was thinking of DD Westbrook. So. Big,
3: big, fast. He just needs a quarterback. or, or, or too, team.
2: Man. Yeah. With with Chark, man, I mean, yeah, with a quarterback play, I think is fair. And I think if you put him with, some, you know, compliment him with guys like Amon Rossi and Brown and a rookie receiver, and they end up being really good. I think, I think we could see another version of JJ Shark, and he could be a consistent thousand-yard receiver. I really do.
3: Yeah, I do too, man. I like that pick. I like it a lot.
2: So that's yeah, a guy. I'm, that's a guy I'm definitely targeting. And again, he's only twenty-five years old as well. Same with Michael Gallup. So coming off that rookie contract, sucked that he got hurt because he probably could have made more money if he had a, a productive season, but ended up getting hurt. So maybe this is an opportunity for Detroit to strike and get him at a little lower cost than I think he's really worth. Yeah.
1: No, I'm with you, man. I like Chark, big, fast, physical. Um, kind of what Detroit's missing, that deep threat right now. They don't have that. So that'd be nice. Yeah. So all right. Let's transition to tight ends now. And you guys are probably wondering,
2: like, why are you guys talk about tight ends? You got Hawkinson, Brock right had his moments where he looked pretty good for this football team. And I think that's fair. But I think it's also fair to look at could the Lions maybe look into investing into a backup tight end? Brock Wright was good for this team, but do they want to guarantee him the backup tight end spot? I don't think so. I think they want to bring some competition for him and have some other guys compete with him and see if he's really worth to be the backup tight end. And I also want to mention that we mentioned a little bit in our live show. You're not going to replace TJ Hawkinson in this offseason. And I'm not saying anything about replacing TJ Hawkinson, but I don't think it's crazy to think TJ Hawkinson doesn't get an extension by the lines just hasn't earned it yet, in my opinion, to be paid as one of the top tight ends. Uh, That might be controversial to some people, but I just don't think he's earned it. And I know Pierre agrees with me here, and I think Malcolm agrees with me, too. T. Jackson does not deserve to make George Kittle, Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, Darren Waller, whatever type of money. He's not in that category. He's not there yet. I'll
1: say this. He's not worth 14, 15, but he's worth 10. If that makes sense, 10, 11 is fine. If you go, like, 14, 15, no. Yeah.
2: So... We're not bringing up options to replace TJ Hawkinson, but this is definitely a question that we're going to have to talk about someday. And it's not going to be in this episode, but of how long-term of an option TJ Hawkinson is for this Lions team. And I want to get into that in a different episode. So let's bring some guys that we think that could potentially complement TJ Hawkinson instead of replacing him. And, you know, to be truthful, there's not really anyone in this market to really replace TJ Hawkinson. There's no one at the same calibers as TJ Hawkinson in this free agency market to replace him. So, Let's start off with you, Pierre. Who's a guy you like to come on with, TJ? All right, before
1: I say it, I don't think Brock Rye's a tight end, two in this league. Um, I think he's tight end three, tight end four. Maybe he might not even be on the roster next year. He's okay. He's nothing, like, crazy. Um, but this is a guy I've always liked, and believe it or not, you know you play Madden sometimes? You could sign free agents or whatever? Yeah. I always get this guy on my team. So, uh, <laughs> no, dead ass, I do. Um it's it's Mo Ali Cox I've always liked him he's one of the best blockers run blockers uh 10th best run blocker for PFF the Lions like to run the ball you bring this guy and he's a good receiver doesn't really do much to the receiving game but like when they call his name he did last year he had 24 receptions 316 yards four touchdowns um 6'5 267 pounds 475 speed that's pretty good for his size this guy is like a perfect tight end too. And the money he'll make. Um, what do I have here? So PF, Spotrike didn't have a thing for him, but PFF, I think, has him at 6.62. Is that 6.6? About 6.6, 6.7 million. Um, so I'm I'm fine with that, honestly.
2: He reminds me a lot of like Darren Fells, a little bit. He's he's that big basketball body. He used to play basketball like Darren Fells they're like those like box out guys not as good as a blocking as darren fells but no no i think right now he's better
1: he's he's one of the best blockers i'm saying
2: prime darren fells oh yeah prime darren
1: fells was like the best blocker yeah Yeah.
2: i don't think he's like as good as darren fells as a blocker but he gives me those vibes where like he could have that darren fells impact is when he came in detroit in 2017 from arizona and just open up in the blocking game and be a legitimate receiving threat too when the when his name is called kind of like you mentioned in in indy so i would love more i think he it would compliment tj hawkinson very well too because they're kind of you know the opposites like you you could throw the Baltimore to hawks but that's not his strength his strength is in the run department in the run blocking
1: department yes yeah, so um i was reading up on him a little too they said like he has trouble separating man but he finds the spots in zone so that's like a tight end too you know hawkinson he's pretty good at beating man finding yeah. spots zone whatever the thing with Hoxson, our problem with hoxon is he doesn't break tackles. And also, he's not the best blocker. Like, he's not worth that type of money. We're not saying we hate hoxon We actually like hoxon a lot. He just needs to play better. He also needs to stay healthy. Yeah. So, like, if you guys thinking we're criticizing hoxon like, we hate him. We're not hating him. We're just being honest. Um, Maybe with Hawk, you pick up that fifth-year option, right? I and think you definitely use it. option. If he yeah. balls out, you give him extension. If not, you can get a comp pick for him or you could tag and trade him. Yeah.
2: No, I, I mean, I think tight ends are valuable in this league still. I think teams really value tight ends. And I think someone would take a chance on TJ Hawkinson if you want to trade him. So I think you have a lot of options you could do with them. Ideally, he works out here. He improves his game. Then he could just be a long-term piece for you. That's I think he hope. could. Yeah, no, I'm not, I'm, coach, I'm not giving up on him. No, there's no need to give up on TJ Hawkinson at all.
1: Absolutely not. But just right now, if we were we contact, yeah, you I think he knows more. that, too. I think he knows that, too. Um. I'm sure he knows that because he last last office he worked on his lower body strength to try to like you know break some tackles, his yak stuff. I mean, we didn't really see it this year because he got hurt and his blocking kind of like is up and downs. So I think hopefully this year we'll see a motivated Hawkinson because you know it's that contract. It's like it's you could get paid after this year, so. My only
2: beef with Hawkinson is like, I want to see him be a legitimate threat in the offense where he's like the number one or number two option in your offense. When you draft the guy number eight with that, I want to see him be a Kelsey. I want to see him be like a kiddo. I want to see him be like Andrews. And I and I just haven't seen that. And if I'm going to pay him 12, 13, 14 million dollars a year, he's going to be, he's got to be one or two in my offense. He's got to be one of my more reliable options for my quarterbacks. And as of right now, is he that? Probably because we don't have guys, but. If we have a competent offense that we expect in hopefully twenty two or in twenty three, where we have a lot of guys to go through, is Hawkinson a guaranteed be one or two? I don't think so. I think he has to earn that. I, I mean, he that. could, he could, he could right? be, but so he hasn't he, proved that. He hasn't proved he hasn't proven like that, that.
1: yet. Yeah, but again, he's been he's been her and he's been like kind of yeah. up and, and down, and, sort of. And honestly,
2: you could even make the argument like this year he was kind of given that spot because they didn't really bring competition to compete with him to be that number one or number two in that offense and underwhelming it was underwhelming for the year i have did he
1: play when campbell took over play calling no
2: he well a little bit he, he played a little bit i think
1: i feel like towards the end of the year if he played he would have had like more production just, just because that one, that's when the offense was starting i remember to campbell took over what the pittsburgh game
3: yeah but does that, does that really count?
2: okay so the first month we'll, we'll scratch it so we'll count we'll Discredit. We're talking. Players. We're talking about December. This okay. December. December. So, so we'll discredit the the Bears game, the Browns game, and the Steelers game. We'll, we'll count that out. I think he had like one game with Campbell, and that was the game he actually got a touchdown. Remember versus the Vikings, him and Brock both got touchdowns that game.
1: So he appeared
2: in. And
3: did he get hurt the
2: Vikings game? He got hurt. I think.
3: He he. Okay, why, why was so he
2: So okay. He didn't get hurt in a game. I remember it was in practice. We were going to Denver with all the COVID stuff, and he was just out that game. And then he ended up getting the hand surgery and missed the remainder of the year. So I think he only played one game, and then he played that Vikings game.
1: So against the Vikings, he had uh, eight targets for receptions, forty-nine yards, and a touchdown.
2: Yeah, I know. I remember he had the touchdown. I think that's that was his last game, if I'm not mistaken, right, Pierre? Uh, I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, that's the last game he appeared in. Okay, yep. So he had one game with the Ben Johnson and
1: Dan Campbell offense. And the game he went off was against Philadelphia. He had 10 targets, 11 receptions for 89 yards. That nah, was a garbage time. He had a good game versus San Francisco. Um, week one. He had a great game in week one. That it's was a lot really of inconsistency here. Yeah, like that, was, it's that, like, that was really it. <laughs> for example, versus Pittsburgh, he had one target, zero catches, zero yards. Yeah. Whereas Cleveland, eight targets, six catches, fifty-one yards. Um Chicago, three targets, three receptions, thirty-five. It's like very inconsistent. TJ like, really only had
2: more... TJ really had, only had like two really good
1: games this year. But again, also the Lions didn't target him. Well, some games they did, but other games they didn't. Yeah.
2: I can only like circle back to two games where I said TJ was that guy this game. San Francisco and uh I can't even see the Vargas game. He wasn't like that guy, honestly, but he was good.
1: Um, He only had four touchdowns, too, and how many games is that? Yeah, I mean, he's – you got to be better. Yep. And he knows that. I think he definitely knows that. And having a head coach, used to be a tight ends coach, hopefully will uh, will help, too.
2: OC, too, he used to be his tight ends coach as well, Ben Johnson. So that's was offense here All so, right, Malcolm, yeah. you, you like Molly Cox, though? I, I do. I do. I
3: think that'll be a, a a very good compliment for TJ Hawkinson. And just to add into that whole conversation with TJ Hawkinson, this is definitely a proof of year for him. He has to show out and show that he's, you know, that that pick where we drafted him at. What was that seven? Eight. We drafted him seven eight, 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 eight overall? Yeah. He needs to prove that he's an eighth, eighth overall type player. And he, he could do it. You know, I think he just needs to stay healthy and just continue to grow. Now, if he gets hurt next year, he could be done. It could be a could be a wrap. Maybe he okay.
1: declined that fifth year option if he gets hurt. Is that what you're saying?
3: Yeah, I mean, if he gets hurt again, you might have to decline that fifth year option because, yeah, I know. Period. I know you're saying that. Yeah, he could. He'll be really good for 10, 10 million a year. But is he going to want to go for ten million a year? Like, could he trick another team to pay him kettle money?
1: I don't know when guys have the free agent market. Depending on like the draft class, free agent class, (laughs) it all depends. Because if he's like, like, say, there's tight ends out there, but like this year, there's a lot of depth in the free agency tight end class. We've looked over it, but say like the year he's a free agent or whatever. Say that let's say the draft class sucks, and the depth in the free agent class isn't that much. Well, his price goes up because there's no tight ends. So it just depends how like the classes are for both the draft and free agency.
2: I will say this, Malcolm. I don't see a scenario where TJ Hawkinson doesn't get that money. I'm not saying it's going to be in Detroit, but I just don't see a situation where Hawkinson doesn't get paid. I, I just yeah, think so, some, someone's going to pay him. If that's Detroit or someone else, someone's going to have to pay TJ. Someone's well, going to be desperate for tight end. That's what I'm okay, saying.
1: But if he gets hurt two years in a row, will they pay him? No, they will probably be a one-year prove a deal, whether it's here or someone else. And if he balls out there, that's when you get paid.
2: I just think there's going to be a team that's going to be, it's going to be desperate because tight ends are hard to get. They're really hard to get. They're going
3: to blame the city. They're gonna be like, oh, it's because he was in Detroit. Maybe a change of scenery. Watch I mean, <laughs> I I like him go to, <laughs> LA.
1: I go to
3: L.A. Watch him go to L.A. Watch him go to L.A.
2: I'll be pissed. Oh, man. Yeah, I don't I don't know, man. I No, we'll, we're joking about that. But we'll, this, we'll is what this is definitely – we're all in agreement. T.J. Hogson, huge year for him. I'm not going to go as far as make or break it, but, like, you can almost put that label on it.
3: Yeah, I don't think it'll make it or break it for his career, but I think it's a make it make break for the with the Lions. With the Lions no, yeah,
1: no. nowhere near his career. He still He's still a lot He's I think football. 24, 25, 24, 25 years old. He's young. Um I so. NFL
2: player. That's not a question. I'm saying as far as a franchise making a lot of money tight end, I'm not there yet. But is he an NFL player? Not even a question. He's an NFL player.
3: He's he hasn't been the player we thought he was gonna be when we drafted him. We thought yeah. he was gonna be this elite. Some people are comparing to Gronk, which even
1: blocker too. He's that blocking that showed up in college hasn't shown up here.
3: Yeah, the same thing. I mean, it just hasn't been the same guy, you know. Yeah. So hopefully he becomes that guy, man.
2: We'll see, man. Hopefully. Twenty-two is very, very big for T.J. Hawkinson, and we'll obviously cover that throughout the season. But Malcolm... he I mean, was it- oh yeah.
3: No, I was gonna say maybe more weapons around him. Yeah. Maybe open things up. I don't, I don't know. Hopefully, we'll But yeah.
2: like I said, if you're if you're going to be paid like that, you got to be the top two option in this offense. Yeah, hundred so, yep. percent. And I haven't seen that yet. So Malcolm, who's the guy you like to compliment with T.J. Hawkinson to maybe we get this potential of T.J. Hawkinson?
3: All right. So it, it just seems like I just like guys who are injured pretty much because the next guy I'm going to bring up. There's another guy coming off an ACL injury, and this is Max Williams from the Arizona Cardinals. Now, Max Williams, I, I really like Max Williams as a blocker. Now, I'm talking about as a blocker. He's a really good blocker, and I think that's what will complement this offense what, with TJ very well. So I think we need another really good run blocker because you, you see the direction of this team, that they do want to run the ball. They do want to be like a, a balanced team. And, you know, with the weapons that they're playing and getting the offseason – you know, with the play action, they'll be able to get, you know, throw the ball, throw the ball down the field, hopefully, with, with off, hopefully. But, um, yeah, as far as uh, having a run blocker, I think, you know, Max Williams will be a great fit for Detroit.
2: Yeah, I mean, we saw last year the Lions obviously try to fill in the blocking tight end capability to complement with TJ Hawkinson. First, it was Josh Hill. He ended up retiring on the Lions from New Orleans. And then they go out and sign Darren Fells, And obviously, I brought up his reputation of being a really good blocking tight end. But for whatever reason, it didn't really work out as well as the last 10 years when he was here in Detroit. And then they just didn't really have anybody else. They ended up being Brock Wright, getting promoted from the practice squad. And I thought he did a really good job when he got in the opportunity. But kind of like what Pierre said, is is Brock Wright a tight end, too? I'm not going to count him out of it that he's not a tight end. So I think he has a potential to be a tight end, too. I think he played some really good football towards the end of the year. and. He was actually really good for the football team. He was really comfortable. With Jared Goff at the end of the year, when you know weapons were getting minimized, so I'm not going to count him out as a tight end too. I'm not going to say definitively he is right now, but I think he should definitely be in the competition because I thought he played well enough last year to to earn that respect to be in the competition next year for sure.
1: Uh, I disagree with that, but that's fair. I mean,
2: I mean, like, what did Brock Wright do bad? I mean, he was a good receiver. Not anything bad,
1: like, but the thing is, like, you Locker. don't want him. You don't want him to be your tight end too. It's not ideal.
2: I mean he's a UDFA. It
1: was his first year.
2: He was from the practice squad. I mean, he didn't I don't know. I, I'm not opposed giving him a shot and seeing what he could do. I'm not at all.
1: I, I just like I think like sometimes we as like fans sometimes we get attached to our players a little too much. Like for example, um like Tracy Walker, for example. A lot of people are saying resign it, but when you could go out and upgrade, and there's a lot of upgrades in free agency and in the draft, you try to upgrade, right? Um, I think with Brock Wright, you could upgrade that, and it's not hard to upgrade that.
2: Yeah, I'm not saying uh, you ooh. can't upgrade from Brock Wright. I'm just saying that he he deserves to be in the competition next year. There's no reason why you don't have him here next year and give him at least the opportunity. And if he's the better man, you, you get a guy with a cheaper contract on a rookie deal at that point, and you still have two more years of control with him at with paying him pennies. I don't know. I, I want to see what he could do. I'm, I'm excited to see what he can do year two.
1: That, that's fair. I just – I wouldn't be shocked if he doesn't make the roster next year. So I'm saying no.
2: There's no, there's no guarantee for Brock right here. There, <laughs> there's no guarantee with that guy. I mean, there's like
3: there's like Tyler answer. said though. Like Tyler said, he didn't do anything wrong last year. So if if he's on, is he even still on, is he still like to have a contract next year? He's undrafted,
1: so they get, three, get three, year three years, deals years of and we then their fourth of- year is restricted.
3: Got you, got you, got you. Okay, so yeah, I mean, there's there's really no reason why he shouldn't be here uh, unless you know. Those guys clearly beat him, and he doesn't make the team.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. I mean, if you go out and get a Moelle Cox or you go out and get a Max Williams, you're probably giving these guys probably the guarantee that they're going to make the football team, and then that's going to be an interesting question. Do you carry three tight ends, or do you try to stash Brock Wright, or does another team pick him up? You have to play that game with Brock Wright at that point.
1: I also wouldn't be shocked if they sign one and draft one. Tight end is low key a need because you have the uncertainty with Hawkinson. Um, then after that, you have no one. Like you have Brock Wright, but he hasn't shown like he hasn't shown much yet. So I wouldn't be shocked if they they sign one and draft one.
2: We'll That's see. a possibility. I, I hope they don't go too early in the draft. We'll,
1: we'll no, not early. One. Maybe yeah. like third round and later. Yeah, I don't, so I don't even. I don't even want to see one that early. I
2: want to see like Daniel dude. Maybe. There's
1: some, like great got the kid out of UCLA. He's good. I mean, I wouldn't be mad they took him in the third round. I don't even know if he'll be in the third. I think he can go in the second round. So that kid's a really good receiver. We'll see. I don't know how. I don't know how i feel about that,
2: but we'll see. So, so
3: where, where, where would you want them to draft a tight end, Tyler?
2: If they First? are going to take one, yeah, day three, fourth round, and later. Anything, okay. Anything, anything around that range is fine. But, so you yeah, want another? You want another Nata? Well, Nata was a seventh round pick, damn near undrafted. <laughs> <laughs> or was he undrafted? Uh, he was in the seventh <laughs> round, or I think he was seventh round. Yeah, yeah, no seventh round pick. Isaac Nata, man, that's a throwback.
3: That was, uh, yeah. That was, I remember he hit, he, was yeah. like, uh, he was
2: supposed to be like uh he was supposed to be like one of the top three, four titans taken off the board. And I remember he just
1: yeah, the
3: then, then he ran his forty, then, then he every, ran
1: his forty. Every system in the combine
2: was bad. <laughs>
1: And now he's like, I think he's on the Packers practice squad, or he's bouncing around the league. I, I know, know he was
2: players. with the Packers. I don't know if he's still there, but yeah. my goodness, man, the story of not, I remember, I remember that guy like coming out, dude. He had, he had some promise out of Georgia, and then it went all downhill. And, the then, and then he so participated
3: was, in the combine.
1: Yeah, man, don't you <laughs> regret that shit? He have said, I remember it. Was, was
2: boozing up or something like that.
1: Yeah, I remember dude. everyone had it like in the 3rd or 4th round and then the comment came up oh, 7th undrafted. Yeah, yeah oh, man. man. No he
3: regrets that. He's like, "Oh, I should have never participate in that shit." he's a
2: little tight. <laughs> yeah. Damn. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, I mean Go go to your pro day and just have those those boosted numbers from Georgia's pro day. <laughs> they they boost those numbers for you. There it is. If, hey, if bro, the the personnel
1: guys are there though. I mean the media could boost or whatever, but the guys there, they have their hand times, they watch everything. It, so. what was the year
3: with the um COVID when they didn't have the combine? Twenty twenty. Uh, was it so twenty twenty? Not was last year. Ago, the the amount
2: of people who ran a four three that year is skyrocket. Yeah, last year too, a little bit, but they had more (laughs) professional pro days because they didn't have a combine last year, but two years ago was bad, man. Everyone was four three.
3: Everyone was four (laughs) three. Everybody ran a four three five that year. Everybody. (laughs) Everyone's generational talent. (laughs) (laughs) Every receiver ran a damn near 435. Yeah. That's
1: why the GPS tracking is more important when that happens. In general, too, like straight line speed versus play speed is a big difference. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah.
2: All right. Uh, I'm going to bring a tight end, and this is another Rams connection with Jared Goff that he used to have with. He played last year with the Seattle Seahawks, and this is Gerald Everett. So Gerald Everett's going to be 28 years old coming into the NFL season. This is a guy where I don't know how much of a compliment he is with TJ Hawkinson because he's not the greatest blocker. He's more of a receiving threat, but he just kind of gives another option to Jared uh, as far as – you know, in the passing game that you could trust. Or if you go to a guy like Max Williams and Moe Cox, they're not going to be the greatest separators. Gerald Everett is more of a receiving threat for this offense. So if they want to get another toy for Jared and kind of fade away from the blocking, and maybe, you know, if you go to the blocking, maybe go to that big boy set that did last year with Matt and Nelson, maybe you could bring another toy like Gerald Everett. He could be a good, solid backup tight end. You could run two tight end sets with him and Hawkinson together and have your receivers and just have a bunch of mismatches as far as in the passing game so i think this one's interesting you know with what jared in los angeles um in 2020 started in seven games for him was targeted 62 times at 41 receptions 417 yards for one touchdown last year in seattle with russell wilson started in 12 games very similar workload at 63 targets 48 receptions and 478 yards so you know, just a guy you could definitely count on to start if Harton had to miss some games. And we mentioned Hoggins' injury history. And just another toy for Jared Goff if if he wants another toy in this passing game.
3: Yeah. And um he played with Jared he did, he yeah, he for, play, he, for four he did. years. So yeah, that'll be another good connection, man. You know, that you know, I don't know why teams don't run more 12, 12 personnel sets. I think is I think it could be effective. You, you
2: have really two good tight ends. Yeah. I don't see why not. He's a good receiver. I mean, a good receiver, especially go with Hawkinson, and then you have to bring some receivers in as well. I mean, you know, he's never going to be a number one, number two option, obviously, but he's a guy that he can get a couple targets in the game and he can get a couple catches for your team in the game, maybe a red zone threat as well. Yeah, I he's valuable. Yeah, on the, yeah, the, way the, there. yeah the, the way
3: the game is, is is trending now and the way the, the game is going, teams is going, uh, you know, less and less away from that, that 12 personnel set, but. I think it still could be effective the way, depending how you run it. Like, remember when New England had Gronk and I don't know, like saying this. Is. Yeah, they when they had Gronk and Aaron, um, they 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 were able to use that formation just different ways, man. And having Gronk or Aaron out wide and one as tight end, and they could still do that. I don't know why teams go away
2: from that. I mean, you're coming to from a, a coaching staff that. <laughs> are very tight end heavy your coach is a former tight end himself dan campbell was a tight ends coach in new orleans and then you're now offensive coordinator like i mentioned he was a tight ends coach early in the season for the lions and was the tight ends coach even with patricia staff and now he's your offensive coordinator so you're coming from a team that's very heavy and and tight end so it's gonna be interesting to see how they address this position the office and i think it's something we also have to mention which people are not really mentioning and i you know, it's kind of wiped under the, the covers this is Jason Kabinda? I mean, I know he's a fullback by Trey and he's going to be your fullback, but he was a guy when Hawkinson got hurt, stepped in as a tight end and obviously he got the multi-year extension. So there might be something there where they use him in a utility role as well. Yeah.
3: So, yeah, man. Yeah. Jason Kabinda is good, man. Uh, did he run? Did, was, did they use him mainly like run blocking or did he run routes and stuff?
1: Uh, they are, they use him on a couple of routes. Nothing crazy, but they use him on a couple of routes.
3: Okay.
1: had a touchdown, yeah. remember?
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember that.
2: But, yeah, no, I mean, he's not hes not a guy Is definitely nowhere near a backup tight end. I'm not saying that, but he's a guy that you could definitely add to that tight end's room, and he's versatile. You put him at fullback, probably. That's his main position, obviously. And then yeah. um, you, you could mix in the tight end maybe in some creative play calling. I agree. All right. Uh, with that being said, do you guys got anything else to add?
1: Yeah, I actually want to add one more thing. So did you guys know Lions or Detroit, Green Bay and Washington, D.C. are the finalists to host the 2024 NFL draft? So Detroit could host the draft. I, I saw that. In 2024. What are your thoughts on that?
2: I think this is very exciting. I think it's very exciting for fans in Detroit. So. Maybe people like Malcolm, this doesn't interest them as much because he's not from here and doesn't live here. So it may not interest him as much as like fans that live here in Detroit. But I think it's really exciting. I think it'd be cool for the city of Detroit to have a a big event like that. And, yeah, it'd be awesome. And I know the finalists is Washington, Green Bay, and Detroit. I I think it would just be really cool for the city because we haven't really hosted anything in a while. I mean, we had the Super Bowl back in 2006, but that was – you know, so long ago, we don't get all star games here, even though we have a new arena in Little Caesars Arena. So, I think it would be awesome for the city of Detroit to hold the draft and have some attention to the city of Detroit and see kind of what all the remodeling, all the renovations the city of Detroit looks like now. And, you know, appreciate it because Malcolm even said it. You know, he came here, and he, he loves Detroit. He said it was a great city. It was a, it, probably not many people expect that when they're coming to Detroit because all the words that they hear from the outside narrative. So, I think if they hold an event, an NFL event that gets all the nationwide views, I think people could maybe change the perception and views of Detroit, and I think that'd be really big for the city.
3: Yeah, downtown is dope, man. I, I really like downtown, especially how they have everything set up. But like, the, the stadiums are all right next to each other, and it's just a sports city, man. I love it. I love it. I love it so much, man. Like, yeah, yeah, and 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 no, Tyler, I would appreciate it if, if they had that. The, the draft in I Detroit can because I, I'll, I'll, I'll definitely want to attend. i definitely want to attend. he fly so, here. Yeah, oh, yeah. so I'll, I'll fly out, man. So I think that'll be fun too. So, yeah, uh, if it's in Detroit, I'll, I'll, that, that'll be dope, man.
1: Yeah, and another thing is too, so Jonah Jackson was mic'd up during the Pro Bowl, and I forgot which player it was, but he basically said he loves Detroit. Like, it was a player from another team, and he said him and his wife travel Detroit. They love going to Detroit. So, it seems like the perception of Detroit is changing a little, like the city itself. Because remember when we had Glover Quinn on, he was a free agent, like twenty thirteen. That That's when Detroit was a little like kind of on the come up. Still, It wasn't what it is today. So it was a little. It wasn't that safe.
3: What well, did he is is it Glover the one that had that that crazy story yes. when he was visiting? Yeah. And...
1: Yes, it was Glover. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, that that story was crazy. I guess to sum it up really quickly, I think he said he like. What was the exact story?
1: You heard people fighting and maybe like they were about to shoot a gunshot. Okay, that's what I thought. I did not want to assume things, but yeah, it was something along yeah. those
2: lines where he like hurts potential gunshots.
3: Yeah. So he was in the hotel and he heard it and from the other room and he was like, yo, what is going goes, on? What
2: am I signing up for? Am I really going <laughs> to sign
3: here? <for> the <laughs> and then he ended up lungs? signing
1: here still. So that, that was yeah. nice to see.
3: Detroit is dope, man.
1: I think for now I mean, I feel like the summer. You haven't came here in the summer. I know there's no sports going on, really. But if you maybe some baseball. But if you come here for the summer, you will love it. You gotta yeah. come here in the summer.
3: Yeah, like, I mean, I, I would rather. I mean, I would rather rather come in the summer than the the, the winter. I can't I can't do the winter for you guys. Yeah, because uh, too damn cold is for me.
1: And winter. And you come here in the summer, man. We'll we'll show you around. We'll give you. We'll give. Like you'll we'll have a good time. Yeah, no, but I think a draft would be really cool.
2: I think it would really change a lot of people's perception. Like, I know we would say it's already changing people's perception. I agree. I think it is, but I think it would, it would open up more people's eyes if they hosted an event and it ended up being really, like, just a really nice event. I think downtown could really pull it off, too. I think there's so many places that you could pull it off and, you know, make it a really cool event. I mean, the draft's in late April, so it's not necessarily a guaranteed warm weather spot, but I think you could make it a really cool area. I would be interested to see where they would do it. Is it going to be at Ford yeah. Field? Is it going to be Maybe at the Kobo, Fox Theater, remember. the Cobo? Like, where are they going to do this draft? I think that's a really good question.
1: Cobo or Fox? I don't think Ford Field. I guess probably Cobo or Fox. Yeah, I, I
2: think Fox was. I remember when they like were originally proposing like a long time ago with Rod, Wood, he said he wanted to get a draft here. I remember he said the proposal was Fox Theater. So I wonder if that is still in you know the rumors, if that's where they want to do it, if they are going to choose Detroit or. Like you said, are they going to go to the Kobo Center or are they going to choose somewhere else? I think that's going to be the really interesting question because the thing with Detroit, I don't think you could pull off like what you did in Nashville, like the outdoors and stuff like that. I'm I just don't think... bring that up.
1: It, it depends on the weather because like our weather here is bipolar, right? That's not like, really I don't, I don't One know. If, day I, really I don't know if you could <laughs> plan that
2: outdoors in Detroit like that. But I think Cleveland last year they did theirs outdoors. So in April, right? I mean, April is this is this snow for you guys already in April? It could. No. Uh, I in don't April, think so. Opening day last year was snow. The Isn't it like?
1: April. Isn't the draft? I mean, it's late April. It's late. I think it's around May, right? Isn't the draft more like around May now? It's late April, like the twenty seventh, twenty eighth. Yeah, you know? I, I don't think that. I think it'll be nice here. Like, I don't think. Uh, but you never know with Michigan weather. Yeah. You never snow know. is
2: probably out of the question. I I, I say that with, you know, may, like make sure. No, I mean, snow, I, snow
1: it, is out of the question. Snow is out of it. Probably.
2: I wouldn't completely rule it out, but probably out, right? But it could be really cold, like in April. It still could be really cold in Detroit. It could still be in that forties. Bring your jacket. Yeah. So, I don't know. I I would wonder if they go towards an indoor venue or if how they would pull it off outdoors. I think they could pull it off outdoors, but I think it'd be interesting to see how they would do that. I think outdoors Something by would the river
1: dope. by the river would be dope. Like by I was Detroit gonna river. say that.
3: I was gonna say that. That that and would be dope. That would be sick.
1: That'd be that'd yeah. be really cool. They
3: do it there. That would definitely work. If they do outdoors. Do it by the river.
1: That'd be dope.
2: My only like concern with that is I think with the city is too. It's like actually I don't know if it's a concern, but maybe you want to have it a little closer to the stadiums and like more of the heart of downtown because at that point you're mm-hmm. you're about a mile down from downtown.
1: I don't think that makes a difference to be honest. Yeah, I don't either.
2: You're- you're pretty much by everything, like as
3: yeah, everything like, the, there. No, you're still like, by the, the, yeah. the
2: landmarks
3: and stuff like that. Big that yeah. the, the statues there with the the fists. That's yeah. like right there. Yep. Yeah,
2: yeah. I, I think they could pull that off. I think they could definitely pull that off.
1: So, and I like I don't get how Green Bay could host the draft. I mean, I don't think there's anything doing Green Bay. Green Bay is miserable.
3: Green like, Bay's a, the Green Bay's are this? It's Green, Green Bay, Bay, Washington, Detroit,
1: and D.C. I think DC could I think it's probably gonna be between DC and Detroit. I'd be shocked if Green Bay got it, but not watch Green Bay get it because I said that. And wow. just to be That's clear,
3: just, just, to be clear
2: just to be clear, guys, it's not 2023, it's 2024. So not the yes. not the draft coming up, but not the draft after that, the draft after that. So it's a little down the line.
1: And uh one more thing too to mention, a bonus. Um if the Lions are asked to be on hard knocks, they have to be on hard knocks, they can't decline this. So, so that could be three in, teams, right? I, I forgot what... So the Jets,
2: Panthers, in Detroit, I believe.
1: Yeah, I think so. Uh I think maybe Detroit is more, like, attractive because Dan Campbell's, like, must-see TV and Brad Holmes and all that. But I wouldn't be shy to give it to New York because New York is a big market. So, we'll see.
2: New York has yeah. gotten it before, so I wouldn't be shocked if they want to try something different and get it to Detroit.
3: If we yeah. don't get this year, there's going to be no year we ever get it. This is it. This is our last shot to get hard knocks. Yeah, hopefully we won't now. suck.
1: it won't be as bad, so...
3: With, no matter what, like we have like everything that you need right now. We have entertainment, we have rebuilding, we have high picks. If they don't want to give us hard knocks now, this is never gonna happen.
2: Yeah, I just don't no. see it ever happening. Dan, Dan Campbell's must-watch TV. Yep. Who, who doesn't want to watch Dan Campbell? Dan Campbell's must-watch TV. I
1: don't know who this one. That's a good question, Malcolm. No, the lines are getting hard knocks. Count it, stamp it it to
2: existence.
3: I think they
1: are too. We'll we'll see though. If they will, obviously it'll be fun, and we'll talk about the episodes and stuff. So when did they announce it? I Uh, think in June or July. Should be coming here. Should be isn't it before the draft? Because they no, No, it's 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 training camp. Training training camp. camp. Oh, I thought it was during the draft. Just training
2: camp and preseason.
1: That's hard knocks. They also are now have in-season Hard Knocks, too. Last year, the Colts. Last the Colts. I didn't so, watch. that'd be interesting.
2: Ooh, I forgot to watch that episode when they lost to Jacksonville. I actually wanted to see the reaction of how they took it. I didn't watch it. I wanted to watch it. I didn't you did go, go back and watch it. Go back and watch it, man. Yeah. No, yeah. But tr- if Hard Knocks, it would be – it would air in August – from August to early September, right before the season. And you would get all the training camp and all the preseason access. Yeah,
3: I, I know I know when this starts and stuff, but I, I was
2: wondering, like, when would they announce it? They would release it probably in June, June, July.
3: June, July, as far as, like, who's going to be hosting it? Yeah. That's what's up, man.
2: So we should know by then. All right with that being said, I hope you guys all enjoyed this episode of the pride podcast where we talked about the draft we talked about some receivers and some tight ends that make sense for the lines in this for market. We got the combine coming up. The combine is actually going on as you guys are listening to this or past as you guys are listening to this, it's the week of this week. So, We'll have some draft coverage coming very soon, and then we'll continue our free agency coverage of more positions before we get into that free agency day. So I hope you guys all enjoyed it again. Leave a five-star review if you guys enjoyed, and I'm out, guys. Peace.
1: All right, guys. Hope you're all staying safe, and I'm out. Peace. All right, y'all. It's your boy
3: Malcolm, and I'm out. Peace.